Der folgende Podcast enthält Spoiler für Victoria. Du wirst gewarnt! The following podcast contains spoilers for Victoria. You have been warned! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel. I, I don't know what Magusto is in, in German, so uh, uh, what's up, guys? How you doing? Uh, Mike, uh, my, uh, what, what? my sweet, gentle giant, you yes. friend of mine. Yes. How are you, you sexy lad? I'm good. How are you? Oh, living the Vita Loca. How many times can I say that this year? Let's fucking go. Let's put up a tally. Ding, ding, ding. That's what I got. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Sorry, so, I drank a lot of tea. And now I'm yeah, hyper I can beyond tell. belief. I can tell. Oh, my God. So, to get rid of some of that energy to kind of bring you down to my level, I'm going to let you go first and no, tell let's... me what you watch. Because <laughs> oh I goodness. know. I yeah. know that no, you've had a bit of a, um, a week. Yeah, I got some catching up to do as far as the 2020 films goes, and I started it off this uh, this week with One Night in Miami, mm-hmm. which, uh, if you don't know, is in the aftermath of Cassius Clay's defeat of Sonny Liston. Uh, in 1964, the boxer meets with Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown to change the course of the history of the segregated South. And man, was this a killer movie. Oh, yeah. Um, just it's great. The, just these, A, just the... The four men, obviously they're real men in real life, that this meeting, this was a fictitious uh, actual meeting, like this never actually happened. Yeah. Um, but just like these these four legends coming together and just that night, it was just so spectacular. And all the performances, man. <laughs> I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I really did. And it's uh, directed by Regina King, uh, Oscar-winning actress from... Uh, uh, if Beale Street Could Talk and mm-hmm. other fantastic films. Uh, and she killed it. She, like, w- when I saw, I didn't, I went into seeing it without knowing that she directed it. Yeah. And when I saw her name pop up, I was just, like, awestruck. Yeah. Like, just how talented. I mean, I knew she was talented with acting, but directing is a whole other animal, so. Yeah, as, as you should have been awestruck, because that was, oh, yeah. that was a, it was actually a really fantastic film. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to talk more about it down the line. Uh, when we get there. After that, I watched the movie Run with uh, Sarah Paulson. Um, I really didn't know what to expect from this. I kind of had Carrie vibes just not watching it. A little um, bit, yeah, I could see that. And then watching it, I kind of kind of did get Carrie vibes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the same. Well, I won't say it's the same, but it's like the same kind of plot. Um, overprotective uh, uh, mother. Yeah, overprotective mother. And I, I think the daughter, what was, what was her name? It was uh, uh, Kira Allen. Yeah. She was awesome in it. Oh yeah, and uh, she's actually a. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know what condition she has, mm-hmm. but she does actually need to use a wheelchair from time to time. Yeah, uh, not completely. She can walk, mm-hmm. um, but she. She just needs the support more. Yes, than exactly. And I. I don't remember the condition, but just the representation in that alone mm-hmm. is is incredible. Yeah, they were they were both. Sarah Paulson's great in everything. Uh, mm-hmm. She was great in this. The movie was uh, much better than I expected for sure. Even Absolutely. having those carry vibes, but I mean, just the performances alone did uh, a number on me, and I was like, uh, "Thank God my mother's not like this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I'm not always drugged." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, spoiler alert, dude! Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> With Tylenol. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I might that, cut that part out just because it is yeah, a major no, spoiler. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then after that, I watched uh, What We Wanted, which is another film from the 2020s that I was recommended by Mike to watch. Um, uh, did you watch this yet? 
What? No. What is that? A foreign film? Yeah. I have not. I I, I gave you a list of uh, uh, international films that have been kind of getting a lot of hype. I haven't gone through all of them myself, but I yeah. I just knew in 2020 international film was probably the category that we're probably weakest in mm-hmm. for our Stony Awards coming up, first annual Stony Awards. Yeah. If you haven't heard, we're having a an award show. Just so you know, we're having a reward show. Really it's going to be key, us, but we're we're going to be we're going to be dramatic yeah. as fuck about it. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, what we wanted um, is basically about this couple who is having a hard time having a child. Um, so they're kind of getting away for a little bit and trying to like uh, go on a vacation to like you know get that off their mind. And they're just it's kind of like a struggle while on this vacation because they're kind of surrounded by people having kids in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And it's 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 an it's a nice movie. Like I, I like it, but it wasn't all that fantastic to re- like really hold me in to like this is the most fantastic thing I've ever seen. But the performances were great, um, and I mean the story overall and just the struggle. I I personally I don't know what it's like, um, but just the struggle of not being able to get something that you want is is definitely heartbreaking for mm-hmm. sure. And if this is this is a good movie for it. Um, Moving on after after that, I watched The Invisible Man with uh, with Elizabeth Moss. Um, I I'll be honest, did not care to watch this movie ever. But then I got a lot of people were like, "It's actually better than you would think." I'm like, "Yeah, ah, okay." So I gave it a watch, and it it was it was definitely a lot better than I thought it would be for sure. Um, Elizabeth, she's she's another one of those actresses who was just fantastic almost yeah. in everything she's in. That um, one came out back when theaters were still open before the pandemic really yeah. hit the United States, and it was one of the last movies I saw. I think I saw it the week the weekend before the shutdown, mm-hmm. and I honestly I was in the same boat where like it j- didn't interest me at all. Yeah, um, but. Then I went and saw it just for the hell of it, and it, mm-hmm. it honestly blew me away with with how how good it was. Yeah, um, for sure, it, it it was it was really good. Um, especially yeah. the way they went about how he was invisible. It just wasn't like some stupid like oh uh, he drank some chemical mixture or anything. But, <laughs> like the original. Yeah, like the um, actual book. <laughs> yeah, so, so like definitely going into more practical reasoning as to why he is you know, invisible and stuff like that <laughs> from the trailer. He's not actually dead, you know, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> another spoiler, silly willy. Um, yeah, it, it was so much better than I thought. Um, yeah. I liked it a lot. I didn't like, I wasn't in love with it still, but like, it was definitely a good movie to pass the time, like solid one more mm-hmm. often than usually they would go. Um, so there's that. And then I watched a animated film called mortal Kombat legends, Scorpion's revenge. Definitely a fan service movie about uh, basically the beginning or like the plot of MK9 for lingo terms. That's Mortal Kombat 9, the game, silly willies. And then after that, me and my buddies were on like a kick of like wanting to watch video game movies. So after that, we watched Dead Space Downfall, which was just merely the okayest movie I've seen, maybe worse. (laughs) Um, But other than that, I watched Victoria and we'll get to that in a minute. Mike, what did you watch? Uh, I had a freaking great week for film watching. Okay. Um, I started off not so hot with uh, Wonder Woman, uh, and I know that's probably going to shock a lot of people. <laughs> what but gasp. other than the female-led superhero movie aspect, it kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot is, is not 
a great actress in in this. I haven't really seen her in anything else, so I yeah. could be wrong. But like in this, it's very. You tell me you haven't seen the new Fast and Furious movies? No, of course not. Wow. Um, again, just not my thing. But I was not impressed with this. David Thewlis being the bad guy. I don't care. It's been out for a long time. Most people listen to this. I've probably seen it. I was probably the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was. I saw that coming from a mile away. I was like, David Thewlis is in this. He's not just going to be that small part. He is the bad guy, and it's not actually Danny Houston like she thinks it is. Um, so, boom. Like, like none of it was impressive. It was just like every other thing. Uh, that No Man's Land uh, sequence that everyone raves about, honestly. Would you? Not impressed. Yeah. Like I, was, it's, I keep it, forgetting it, you watched the older. I keep forgetting you watched the older one, not the newer one. Yeah, not not eighty four. Yeah. The, the, like the one that everyone loves. And again, if you love it, go for it. Don't listen to me. Like, yeah, it's your it's, opinion. My opinion doesn't matter if you already love it. It's definitely kind of like an illusion type of thing. Like, it's Wonder Woman's really only good because of its competition of other DC movies that it had to run against. Yes, I would um, agree with that. Like, other than that, it's an okay movie. Like, and that's that's. I would That's argue that I, it's less than okay, but yeah. I also get but, that I'm not the audience. Yeah. It's just all, all it, I will admit the, the majority of me hating this movie is the hype. Mm-hmm. The hype does not live up in the least. The yeah. No Man's Land sequence is one of the sloppiest shot sequences I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, again, just my opinion. I'm not trying to change your opinion, just trying to explain mine. Uh, I, I just, there was nothing about it that I liked except for Chris Pine's character. <laughs> yeah, I think them pushing so hard for like Ares being the villain really ruined it for yeah. me than yeah. anything. Or like it just kind of, they just dropped it right yeah. at the end of the movie. They were just like, oh, here's Ares. That oh, was David that was Thewlis, rough. which I called when they first showed David Thewlis. I'm like, yeah. he seems like he's going to be the bad guy. Um, and I, I like David Thewlis as Ares, but it's still just like I saw it coming mm-hmm. like it was not shocking at all For and sure. then the payoff was not that much uh, but after that my week my movie week got really good i good. Uh, saw judas and the black messiah with mm-hmm. danny kaluuya and lakeith stanfield and jesse plemons uh saw that on friday really solid film about the black panther party uh, a lot of us white folk uh were kind of brainwashed into thinking the black panther party was just all terrorist and like yeah. no no substance at all and it's really like and this isn't just the movie i knew this going into the movie from uh doing research that like a lot of what they did was in retaliation to being mistreated and everything and mm-hmm. the fbi which fuck j edgar hoover the fbi i think i'm hoping is better now but when j edgar hoover was the head of the fbi was absolutely garbage and terrible and not not just to like enemies of the state but to just citizens in general yeah um but uh yeah this is a great film uh the only complaint i have about it is that they are really mean to lakeith stanfield's character which Mm -hmm. understandable but at the same time he was in the exact same position he was doing the exact same thing that the black panther party was doing just in a selfish way, not in a a, a personal way. Okay. So, like, it's all about survival, and he what he was doing was for survival. But then they make him look like the villain when the real villain, like massive villain, is the FBI and J Edgar Hoover and everything. Yeah. It's not not uh, this guy. That's not condoning what he did, but they made it 
they didn't give him any redeeming qualities really. Okay. Uh, which was I, I felt was rude, especially when you find out about what happened to that guy afterwards. Um, I won't say anything else, but it's <gasps> yeah, it's shocking. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sad. Um, then I uh, went and watched Saint Maud. Uh. It's uh, an A24 horror film. Um, the only bad thing about this is that because it is showing on Epics, yeah. uh, the Epics logo came up before the A24 logo, and I thought that was blasphemy. Disgusting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, it, it is a really solid, terrifying, tension-building movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It's more tense than it is scary. But because of the tension at the end, when the tension turns into horror, it really pays off. And I have not reacted to a horror movie like I have this one in a long time. It sounds like uh, a, sounds a lot like Hereditary in a way. Yeah, yeah, in Just a way, yeah. a whole yeah. lot of tension and then horror at the end. Yep, essentially, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I highly suggest Saint Maud. Uh, then I watched Minari, which is a another A24 film mm-hmm. uh, starring Stephen Young. And it is about a Korean family that uh, um, comes from the parents come from Korea and the parents, the kids were born in the States. I believe I yeah. don't know if they ever go over where the kids were born. I, th- but I, they, think, I think that's how it is. Yeah. But they move from California. This follows them after they move from California to Arkansas to start a farm. Mm-hmm. And it is just a beautiful movie. Um, for some of you may know, I am a soon to be dad and nothing has made me more excited to be a dad than this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm, (laughs) it probably touched me a little differently than it will most people. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love this movie and, uh, I'm going to actually have Glenn over tomorrow to watch it because I, uh, bought a streaming ticket for it from a 24 and we're going to watch the shit out of it. We're going to do it real good. We are. So that is Minari. Very, very High quality film, highly suggest it. Mm-hmm. Then I watched a, another film called La Llorona, not to be c- confused with The Curse of La Llorona from uh, I think it was 2018 or 19 yeah. with uh, Linda Cardellini. This is a Guatemalan film. Uh, it follows a um, a military general who committed genocide and is a, a convicted of genocide. But then that conviction is overturned because of corruption and shit like that. Um, so it just follows him as he and his family are trapped in his house with protesters outside constantly. And uh, he starts hearing a woman weeping, which mm-hmm. for those of you who know is um, the legend of La Llorona, the crying woman. Uh, who this, the scary crying woman? Yeah, who cries and curses your family? Uh, I, I I watched this because it is uh, one of the another foreign uh, international film that is getting a lot of te- attention and yeah, uh, yeah it, it's a solid film. I I think for it's it's a horror movie technically, but I think a lot of horror fans are not going to like it because it's very toned down. Yeah, it's it's more about the. Um, anxiety of having protesters outside your house constantly and just not yeah, being able to Definitely rest. is a horror of its own, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it does have horror elements like ghosts and everything, so it gets really interesting. But it's not a super in-your-face horror movie that I feel like a lot of horror fans watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's La Llorona, which is just fun to say, La Llorona. La Llorona. Uh, and then I watched Victoria, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. But, Glenn, do you yes. have any news? Uh, I do have a little bit of news. Ooh. 
Um, so, as most people obviously know, I am kind of a gamer, big time. Uh, what? And I am also a movie lover, second time. Um, and two of my worlds are currently colliding, mm. uh, which is awesome. The Last of Us, we already uh, know that The Last of Us, I'm pretty sure I announced this before, is getting its own show on HBO. <laughs> bada bing, bada bo. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they finally just announced the casting for their lead roles uh, for Joel and Ellie. Um, for a lot of people, a lot of people are pissed. For a lot of people, a lot of people are really happy. I am one of those who is both kind of um i'm not i'm not unhappy with it and all at all like i know so joel let's get with joel first they announced pedro pascal which is f- fucking aw- that guy he can have every role he wants in my opinion <laughs> agreed um, especially since his best friend just got the role of solid snake i'm sitting here with my fingers uh sucking both of them in my mouth right now like let's go I don't know what that means, but let's take it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, if anybody has either either heard of the story of uh, The Last of Us, um, it's it's that that at least the beginning. I don't know when this is taking place, but that beginning, at least fifteen minutes of the game is going to take a lot of talent. Um, and Pedro Pascal, we know he has a lot of talent. Um, there's definitely a lot of other fan choices that would have been. I wouldn't necessarily say better, but on par with Pedro Pascal for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, regardless, I love this man. Uh, he can have whatever he wants, and, you know, in, in my opinion, he should. Could he um, have your body? <laughs> without a doubt. What are you asking me? <laughs> Get away from me. Um, and then the, <laughs> the role of Ellie is kind of, this is why a lot of hate is kind of coming, because uh, the role of Ellie is being played uh, by Bella uh, Ramsey. Now, she played a character on Game of Thrones. So both these characters, both these actors are coming from Game of Thrones and I kind of wish they stemmed away from shows they, you know, already own and have done. But also I understand they already have that talent, you know, why not use it again? Mm -hmm. Um, Bella Ramsey actually played a character, uh, I I can't remember the name off the top of my head, this is my bad for not actually researching it. But she played this, uh, this girl who uh, is kind of like a, a, a lord. I don't know the actual term, but she's like a lord in of the north, um, and of of like the like the bear. Uh, I'm sorry, Liana or Liana, uh, Marmont. Uh, yes, I think yes. Um, no, that's that's it. I just it? I don't know right, how to pronounce it. it. Yeah, Liana Liana Marmont. Um, she's a badass. So we know she's a badass in Game of Thrones. I think Ellie's badass in. She doesn't necessarily have the look, but she sure as hell is, like, the age of Ellie in the show. And she, we know she kind of has that badass talent. Uh, the problem is with this casting is we don't know much about anything else that she's done other than really that. And that's mm-hmm. why a lot of people are pissed. I'm all for it. I could care less, honestly. I think I think she'll be fine. Yeah. I think she'll be fine. A lot of people are just throwing fucking fits. But I think I think that casting's great. Uh, obviously, we'll see in the future what everybody else is, such as like Joel's brother Tommy, and maybe maybe his Joel's daughter, if they actually do go that scene in the beginning of the game. Who knows? But that's that's my news. The casting of The Last of Us, I'm all for it. Um, a little little taken back by uh, Bella a little bit, but again, I, I'm sure she'll be great. I just don't know what else she's done personally. So mm-hmm. there's my news. All right. Mike, do you have anything? I don't have anything. Thanks for asking. <laughs> hey, listen, how's your day? 
Uh, it's it's going good. Well, did you go to the bathroom recently? I just mm-hmm. want to make sure you're healthy. Did you eat some I, food? I'm, I, I'm, I'm healthy. Should I call my grandmother? No, that's fine. Sure. Okay, okay. <laughs> Old people make me nervous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm making myself nervous. Relax. <laughs> yeah, so without any further ado, let's get into Victoria. We have to do something. Please, can, can you help us? You can. Yeah? No problem. I'm the big driver. Yeah. What's happening? Deiner Privatbank, Limburgen Chor. Wir wissen, dass in dem kleinen Tresor 50.000 Euro liegen. Und die will ich haben. Du schuldest mir was. Mach ein Bild. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, wir machen es. Hey, wir machen es. You don't have to do this. Really, you don't have to do this. Sona, I want to go with you. A young Spanish woman who has recently moved to Berlin finds her flirtation with a local guy turned potentially deadly as their night out with his friends reveals a dangerous secret. It is directed and uh, directed by Sebastian Shipper, written by Sebastian Shipper, Olivia Niergaard Holm, and Elke Frederick Schultz. It's starring Laia Costa or Lea Costa. I'm not sure which one. I'm pretty sure it's Lea. Who knows? Uh, Frederick Lau, Franz Rogowski, and Barack Yigit. Uh, and for if you listened to last week's episode, you already know this. Uh, if not, this is a film that uh, was shot on one take and uh, not not made to look like one take, one shot. It was li- literally mm-hmm. one two hour and 15 minute or however long it actually is without credits take from beginning to end. And uh, yeah, so not like yeah. 1917, not like Revenant, yeah, or uh, any or, or Birdman, or Birdman. Um, it's it like a legit one shot, one shot to the point where you can see mistakes in it, but it doesn't matter because it's still impressive as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I wanted to pick this is because I've heard about this movie for a long time, and it honestly looked very interesting. Uh, but I was also a little nervous to watch it just because you know something like that can be boring yeah uh if it is just one continuous shot uh i admittedly probably didn't have faith in the director that i should have uh because i thought this movie was incredible um Mm -hmm. specifically the first like hour and 45 minutes and then it kind of dwindles towards the end in my opinion but it's it's a very very strong opening yeah it's a um, really good solid at least first half for sure yeah um and then like you said it does it does dwindle a bit but the, as a whole the movie is pretty solid yeah. for sure and in a way it kind of needed to dwindle because you're you're so you're constantly moving 
for two hours and 15 minutes that mm-hmm. it, it gets to the point when you're finally not moving. It, it feels like you were stopped by a truck. Like you just hit you head on. Yeah. Uh, it, it just feels so unsure. The, the, I think by far the best thing about this film, uh, is the main character, Victoria mm-hmm. played by Leia Costa. Uh, she is one of the most charming characters I've ever. I was going to say, say absolutely adorable, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And it, the film starts off with her dancing in a club, and she's surrounded by all these people. But you could tell that she's incredibly lonely. Mm-hmm. Like she's just dancing; no one's really dancing with her. She tries to talk to people, but they don't really reciprocate her uh, tr- trying to start a conversation. Uh, she goes to the bar and gets a drink and tries to start a conversation with the the bartender, and uh, you know. He doesn't reciprocate. Yeah, that. he's kind of just doing his job, and yeah. he's just like, "You want to drink?" Okay, yeah. But yeah. Uh, with her being a Spanish woman in this new city, uh, it's understandable why she's alone. Because uh, you know, she there's no reason she wouldn't have friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it does this. It is it establishes her loneliness so well just by surrounding her by all those people and showing that none of them are really interacting with her yeah and then because of that it makes uh her desire to go with these four strange men who put up every single red flag there is yeah to follow them and and, and uh kind of get to know them in a way and it, it it's it's it was kind of genius to do that because it, it otherwise it could have just you've been like why are you going with them like even it, it still is a little bit like that but you understand why she does yeah, it's just even even like so like I only knew really the the plot reading the synopsis of this movie. Yeah, um, I only knew that much going into it. And as like she like we were just talking about with this group of uh, these group of guys who were just waving red flags, I was f- fearing the worst for her. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I, like they weren't really giving like uh, and I don't want to use this word just like you know throwing it out there, but I was like so worried that like uh, you know. Just men, you know, and how men scary suck. they can be. Men suck. Men suck. But yeah. I've, I've like fearing the instant worst, like rape or something like that. And I was mm-hmm. just not ready for it while also being prepared for it. I'm like, please don't be because she's so goddamn charming and adorable. And I don't want this to please save this sweet small child. Luckily, <laughs> it who didn't. Who is older than both of yeah, us. Yeah, who is older than both of us. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't go that way for sure. And like I'm I'm glad it didn't because I, I don't know. Maybe my mind's just fucked up. But, you know, when one woman walks away with like four men, yeah. Yeah. it instantly is not great in my eyes. Especially like if you weren't already aware of like the statistics around sexual harassment and rape and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, after 2017, if you've seen this, you you know, like that's kind of what goes on on in your head. Yeah. Um. And, and on top of that, these guys are actively trying to steal a car. They're not hiding the fact that they're trying to steal a car. Yeah. They're not saying that they're trying to steal a car, but they're also, it's very obvious that they're trying to steal this car. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it kind of goes to show maybe just how naive she is or, in a way, how bored she is with life that she's willing to go with these people who are trying to steal a car how adventurous she's willing to be exactly real quick (laughs) and you you, it it kind of establishes in a way uh something that's brought up by one of the characters uh the character boxer uh where 
just because people do bad things does not mean they're bad people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking like rape or murder or anything. Yeah. Like he, uh, the character boxer who is the initiator of all the crime mm-hmm. in the film because he owes this this gangster money. Um, for protection in yeah, prison. Yeah, when, when they're on top of the roof, like kind of getting drunk and partying, he... He he says that he's done bad things, but he's a good person. Then he asks her, like, do you think I'm a good person? Even though they just met. But it's like a very tender moment for these people that you, before that moment, were just like, don't go with them. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, don't never go to a second location. Have you not listened to John Mulaney? Mm-hmm. <laughs> never go into a second location. Um, but it, it makes it all very believable and, and it flows very well. Yeah, it does, and like even even the uh, the character uh, Sonny, who uh, who is played by Frederick Lau, mm-hmm. uh, he's I'm not saying he's just as charming as uh, Victoria, but like even like the connection that those two were having during you know after the bar sequence was it was it was like it was cute, like it was nice yeah. and cute. So like you knew he he had a good heart, but was in a situation that he yeah. you know couldn't help but be in at the moment. And then yeah. they reeled her into it, obviously. And I think one thing is important with that, um, that other than like, you know, like movements of, of what friends would do, he mm-hmm. definitely keeps his distance. So after a while, like even you're letting your guard down uh, to, yeah. to what his intentions are because you, you understand. And that's not to hint that he becomes a bad person. He stays a relatively good person throughout. Yeah. Um, but like because he's keeping his distance and not being like touchy or or like super creepy it it kind of makes you realize that oh she after the initial hit of oh don't go with them like okay she's she's safe like mm-hmm. these guys are a little rambunctious but she is safe and i felt that that was very important for you to kind of buy into why she would uh, go through with all this yeah um i think it's uh, uh, there's a lot of cool trivia about this film because it is one take, they actually what they shot. So in order to get the financing, Sebastian uh, Shipper, the director, had mm-hmm. to promise that he would also shoot a cut version. Okay. So they they shot the cut version uh, over the course of ten days before this, um, and uh, you know, so so that way that they would they would have a movie regardless of how the the one takes yeah. went. Uh, which is very smart, but then uh, they they did uh, two takes before the third take, which was their final one, and uh, they weren't going that's, to do another take that's after all it this took? one. Yeah, it only took three takes. Wow! And they weren't going to do another take if they didn't get it the third time. Yeah. So like the third take is the final take and would have been the final take. Uh, I think I read that the first take was a little too aggressive, and then the second take was not aggressive enough or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, and, and he really wanted the, the balance, which is obviously seen in this third one. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of other really cool trivia, but I wanted to not yeah, talk I, I over actually, this. <laughs> No, you're good. I actually wanted to look into that because like, I wanted to know how many takes it took and, uh, see how, you know, how hard they actually pushed. Yeah. Because I mean, this, this movie really isn't without its mistakes, obviously, but, 
Uh, like there was certain scenes where you can definitely hear the cameraman breathing because kind of a lot happens in like the parking garage, for instance. Yeah. Well, part of me wonders if that was intentional because it's always in high intense situations. Yeah, it, um, it, it, it did get me curious because I thought it was Victoria at first. And then I realized that it was probably definitely the cameraman because he is moving a lot. It makes yeah. sense. I mean, obviously forgivable, like a like a forgivable thing. But like it yeah. did have me distracted for a hot second. There's obviously yeah. instances where you'll see the camera out of like a light because like, you know, this is this is like these aren't like a set. This is like a legit. It's, these are it's buildings. The streets of Berlin. Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, I, I do think that breathing was intentional. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it worked probably as well as they thought it did because mm-hmm. it did. It did make me wonder that as well. But because I'm pretty sure all the other all the actors had lavs on. Yeah. I'm I'm fairly certain that that was intentional. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you you see shadows obviously of the cameraman. Yeah, uh, like it's e- just easily forgivable things because yeah. overall the movie like was executed very well. Oh yeah. Um, the, there's a the the scene after they rob the bank when uh, uh, after they get the car started that after it broke down mm-hmm. um, and they drive away and they all she takes a wrong turn and they all start yelling at each other. Apparently, she legitimately forgot where she was supposed to go yeah. and turned down a road where the entire like remote crew was. Ooh. <laughs> so that's why everyone was yelling yeah. at her. I mean, it because, definitely worked. For yeah, sure. Bec- it, it added to the tension, but that was not supposed to be in the film at all. Yeah. Uh, luckily, the cameraman was was uh, f- smart enough to like he he panned the camera down at uh, at Sona's character mm-hmm. um, who was like hiding, but like. The reason they were all freaking out, which really added to the heightened we just robbed a bank energy, yeah. was because they were at that point. I think it was probably an hour and a half into the take. Yeah. And if they shot the crew, it would have ruined the take and just put an end to their one take movie. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like we said before, it was the final take. So there's little things like that just adding to the tension, like mistakes. Adding to the tension. Yeah. Uh, another mistake. Uh, granted, this could just be Sebastian Shipper t- taking the opportunity. Um, the part where uh, Sona and Victoria enter the cafe after they're on the roof, and he says, "This is a nice hotel" in English, and then goes, "Oh, hotel, cafe. It's a nice cafe." Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that that wasn't scripted, and like <laughs> that was that was the only take he did, but he liked it so much because it alludes to them ending the film in a hotel. At a hotel, yeah. And and I don't I don't know how truthful that is, or if it's something they talked about. He made it seem like it was unplanned. Uh, I I fully believe that, but I could also see it being a yeah. director's. I, I mean, I I do this too. You kind of talk up the symbolism in your movie a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but it, this this film is just so full of energy. The the making behind it is incredible, mm-hmm. and, and I I have very little negative things to say because yeah, being I mean, a one take film, it is, all the mistakes are understandable. Even even the mis- yeah the mistakes are the, they're forgivable mistakes easily. So like mm-hmm. even though they're mistakes, they're they're great. They work in the film's you know benefit. So yeah. Uh, even if we did try to find something actually negative, it, I mean, this movie was charming, like, at least for, for like a good hour and then it got uncharming and then, but you understand why, obviously, because shit's going down. Oh yeah. And then it, it dwells, you know, further and further down this, this road that these guys took. And then, you know, the ending kind of left you like, yeah, holy shit. Yeah. You know, definitely. at, at least... At least my sweet baby's okay. Yeah. And <laughs> Thank it, it, you. It really makes you aware 
because it is one take, mm-hmm. how quickly things can go south. Yeah. And none of it feels forced. Mm-hmm. The 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 hardest, most emotional part of this film for me is when they're in the hotel, he turns on the news, <clears throat> and that's how they found out that Blinker died. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's uh, When they're being shot, uh, chased by the police, uh, Blinker uh, gets shot, yeah. and uh, he gets separated from the rest of the group. He's alive the last time they see him, but they have to run away to get away from the police. Yeah, And then he's in the hotel dying himself, and he turns on the news and says, oh, wh- one of them has already died, and the other one is in custody. He's like... Mm. That that part one's hit being me. sent to the hospital, yeah, yeah. That being sent to the hospital, and that that just that hit me real hard. Like, yeah, it, it was it was such an impactful scene, and in a way, it kind of, in my mind, signaled to him that he should just give up in a way, yeah, because there's no getting out of it for him, mm-hmm. and uh, to stop holding on, and it's just it's extremely especially- powerful. Yeah, especially since they knew they were still looking for two mid twenty year olds, one female, yeah. one male. Like they knew they like they were on the tail. So like, yeah, yeah, it's it, it definitely impacts you pretty hard there at the end. And then the moment they have before the the passing of uh, Sonny is is kind of oh my heart. Like I really wanted these two to get through it, but yeah, uh, man was shot in the gut, and uh, uh, well, at least he had a nice you can't satin get shot sheet. In the gut. Nice satin sheet funeral while uh, <laughs> she took the money and see sayonara, as they yeah, would say. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I like I like this movie a lot. It was it yeah, was great. Me too. And um, just the just the one take was just you know kind of to top it all off. It was mm-hmm. just more motivational to like it more. Agreed. Um, that's all I gotta say. Same. All right, so that does it for our review of Victoria. That brings us to Le Jugement. Mm-hmm. Or their judgment, whatever it is in German. I don't yeah. know. Um, but uh, yeah, since it was my pick, that means I go first. Um, you know, I think from our review, it kind of goes without saying that this is a shelf boy. It's self, does, self-explanatory. Self-explanatory. If you, even if you're re- hearing this in Braille, like it's just <laughs> it's self-explanatory. Yeah, it's it, it's just you know the the technical aspects of it alone would push it on the shelf. But on mm. top of that, they have great performances and a great story. And all of the mistakes in it are understandable under the circumstances of the film. And uh, I'm just glad that they did get a one take because Sebastian Shipper said that the the uh, cut version of the film is unwatchable. Ooh. So, um, Especially if you've got a vision for your movie, it's hard yeah. to like want anything else. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm assuming it's a shelf boy for that's, you as well. That's a shelf boy, baby. That's a shelf boy. So Victoria makes it onto the shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden and others that I don't feel like listening to, mm-hmm. listening right now. Uh, but that brings us to our plugs for this week. It is my turn to go first. Um, okay. So last week I plugged a the band Silent Planet because they had a, a virtual concert. Mm-hmm. This week I'm going to plug a virtual concert from my second favorite band Ooh. because this one is available on YouTube, unlike the the previous uh, one. Luckily, um, I found a nice little trailer cut and I put it. You in did, there. you did, yeah. but yeah, just listen to Silent Planet in general. But yeah. Manchester Orchestra also had a virtual <gasps> concert on Friday. Man. Chester Orchestra. Yeah, double feature of awesome right there. Yeah. Uh, So that is available on YouTube. If you go to Manchester Orchestra's YouTube channel, uh, they it's also the concert is just hidden 
or has like subliminal messaging hidden throughout where they're obviously going to release an album of some kind with the coolest name ever. Ooh. The Million Masks of God is that the album. That does sound title. awesome. <laughs> Granted, they haven't announced it. If it's not an album, they're being cruel for doing this. Yeah. Because that is a dope ass album name. Yeah. But on, on their YouTube channel, if you watch, uh, they have a concert that is the entirety of a black mile to the surface from beginning to end. Uh, and that is on YouTube, on their YouTube channel, Manchester Orchestra. Check it out. So uh, my plug is going to be one that one that we've kind of plugged a few times, and I think twice. You you've done one, and I've done one. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to plug this because they're so goddamn funny. Uh, Ryan George just yeah. released another video. Uh, How fruits got their names. Oh, it's, I watched that one. <laughs> it's four minutes long and hilarious. It's yes. I don't know how he comes up with this stuff. He's man's so funny and just yeah. literally the man could do a two hour movie. And the whole cast could be him, and I'd watch it just to hear him banter between himself, himself, and oh, that other guy who happens to be himself <laughs> about just something random. I, yeah, I'd that's do probably it. how he would explain his channel. <laughs> as well. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Ryan George on YouTube, how fruits got their names. It is the most recent video. Uh, go give it a watch. It's hilarious. All right. So as you all know, corporate now feels that the terms fruits and berries are a little too vague for our products, and we're going to need some more specific names for marketing purposes. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So Lucas, you had these things right here. What should we call these things? Yeah. I was thinking we could call those grapes. Grapes. Yeah. That sounds great to me. Okay. Now who had this here? That was me. I was thinking strawberry. Strawberry. Kind of random, but has a nice ring to it. Now what about this? Oh yeah. That was me. Um. I'm also going to go with grapes. I like the sound of that. What? Yeah, these also grow in bunches, so they feel like pretty much the same thing. They're not. No, yeah, I think it does need its own name. Oh, okay. Uh, so then, uh, grape... Not grape! Get your own thing! Grapefruit? I'd be good with that. No! Yeah, okay, that's different enough. It's not different enough. He's piggybacking off of my brand because his thing tastes so weird. Great. All right, those are our plugs for this week. That brings us to our assignment for next week, which mm-hmm. is Glenn's turn to pick. Right. Glenn, German Button, what are we watching this week? We are going to watch a film that is rated PG, Ooh. an hour and 55 minutes long and made in 1984. Ooh. It is a romantic sci-fi named Starman. How much English do you understand? I understand readings in 54 planet Earth languages. Do you seriously expect me to tell? president that an alien has landed, assumed the identity of a dead house painter, and is presently out tooling around the countryside in a hopped up 1977 Mustang? You're not from around here, are you? Think of what it would mean to talk to a being from a civilization like that. Think of what we could learn. You don't understand, there isn't much time, please. 
doesn't want to hurt anybody. Can't you just leave him alone? What the hell ever happened to good manners? We invited him here. So far to come. So much to do. So little time to fall in love. Look up. Company's coming. John Carpenter's Starman. Starman? One word? Oh, with Jeff Bridges? There you go. All okay. Right. Starman, an alien, takes the form of a young widow's husband and makes her drive him across the country. The government tries to stop them, is the synopsis. It is directed by John Carpenter, written by uh, Bruce A. Evans and uh, Reynold Gideon. Stars Jeff Bridges, uh, Carrie Allen, Charles Martin Smith, uh, Richard Jekyll, and Robert uh, Phelan. Um, and that is going to be on Hulu, Sling TV, Amazon Prime is where I found it personally. So, um, and uh, Philo, I don't even know what that last one was. But those are all the, the things it's on. I know nothing about this movie, but I saw on Amazon it had a four and a half stars. And I'm like, that's kind of... Uh, Jeff Bridges, okay. That's uh, out of well, five, I assume. Yeah, out of five. Sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's gonna. I yeah. know nothing about this movie. Uh, I didn't even know it was John Carpenter. I just saw Jeff Bridges. I'm like, let's let's do it. Yeah, it's got Karen Allen from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Isn't mm-hmm. Um, I was a little worried when you said Starman because that sounds like a terrible movie. It does, uh, and that's but, also why I wanted it. I was like, let's go. Yeah, so we'll see. Ho- I'm, I'm sure it'll prove us wrong with all these these high ratings. Hopefully. Uh, so our assignment for next week is Starman. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can check out our website, www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film uh, underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, Keystone Film Review. YouTube, Keystone Film Review. We have a new video on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, reacting to the Zack Snyder cut Justice League trailers. Check that out. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I'm Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we watch Starman. <laughs> Jeff Bridges in space. There's a Starman named Jeff Bridges. Oh, that's He's bowling in the distance, killing the Milky Way with his balls. Oh, boy. Okay, bye. Bye.